Hello, and welcome to our podcast with Yannette and Vivian. We will be discussing the correlation between sex work and human trafficking in Denmark and the United States. We will be addressing both country systems' strengths and weaknesses, as well as what a blended approach would look like if using the best elements of each country's personal approaches. The podcast will be done in an interview-based style where one of us will ask questions and the other will answer them. Vivian and I will be trading off as well, and we are going to be touching on both the topics of human trafficking and sex work. Now to get started with our questions, my first question is for Vivian. What is the definition of human trafficking and what is sex work defined as? According to Sex Workers and Ellie's Network, sex work is broadly defined as the exchange of sexual services for money or goods, including housing, food, drugs, or basic necessities. Trafficking is defined in the United States federal and state law, as well as international law, as the intentional movement of someone through force, fraud, or coercion into any labor sector. Now that we have covered those definitions, Yannette, what policies did Denmark have on sex work and how does that tie into human trafficking? According to the European Crime Prevention Network, prostitution among adults has not been criminalized neither as buyer nor seller of sex, also known as decriminalization. On a side note, it is still legal to act as a pimp or a third party. Their main focus is to protect women that are trafficked within Denmark or those who come to Denmark, as women trafficked for sexual exploitation make up the largest registered group of victims. While in Denmark, we learned that sex workers could be seen as trafficking victims, as they may be performing their services and still be coerced into being quote-unquote trafficked, even as adults that can give consent. Not only that, but many sex workers that the authorities come into contact with are usually BIPOC community members and are assumed to immediately be victims of crime. Now that we have covered Denmark, what policies does the United States have on sex work and how does that tie into human trafficking, Vivian? In the United States, sex work is criminalized. According to Sex Workers and Allies Network, criminalization prohibits prostitution, the buying and selling, and places criminal penalties on individuals who sell or buy sexual services. This is the practice in all 50 states with minor exceptions. However, this has not diminished the amount of human trafficking. According to Yahoo Finance, even though the U.S. ranks better off than many developing economies, it ranks below many advanced economies when it comes to human trafficking. Now I have a question for you, Vivian. What did you find some issues and strengths to be in the U.S.? In the U.S., I found that one of the weaknesses that I've seen here is an overall lack of resources for both sex workers and victims of human trafficking. From my experience in a class focused on human trafficking at Portland Community College, I noticed that most of the services provided were for victims ages 16 and above, and there was a lack of sources for anybody younger. This is very unfortunate because according to the Office of the Attorney General for District of Columbia, the average age of a young person, which makes up for half of the victims that gets involved in sex trafficking is 12 years old. Another weakness that I've seen in the United States is the savior mentality that is often seen in regards to human trafficking through great rescue scenarios in the media and movies like Taken and The Sounds of Freedom. It can also be seen through the resources that are offered that are often connected to religious-based nonprofit groups that are provided to sex traffic victims. The ideology is based upon a sex worker leaving their work in order to receive resources. However, the Cupcake Girls is a great nonprofit found in the United States that excels in creating a safe environment of resources without making the requirement of someone leaving sex work. 
Lastly, I want to address the power control dynamic that we see in Nevada brothels, which as previously stated is the only area that sex work is legal. According to a social health of Nevada report done by the University of Las Vegas, brothel workers are independent contractors having to negotiate contracts with management for the length of time working and shifts in other um, scenarios and generally work there for two weeks to a little over a month living within the brothel at a time. With that being said, the power is held by management and basically what they say goes. Generally speaking, they only earn 40 to 50% of what they bring in by servicing customers due to having to pay taxes, work card fees, quote unquote house fees, and room and board expenses. Now that I've covered the strengths and weaknesses in the United States, what did you find to be some of the issues and strengths in Denmark, Yannette? I think that one of the weaknesses in Denmark are their immigration laws. According to Francesca Centrella, a lawyer in Denmark, foreign nationals identified as victims in Denmark are offered a patriation plan and economic support for reintegration, but they only have 72 hours to make that decision. There is no way to gain permanent residency and the foreign national victim is automatically sent back to where they have a residence permit or their country of origin. The Aliens Act does allow the Danish Immigration Service to postpone the deadline for departure 30 days upon request, but their postponement can be no longer than 120 days. Now on the opposing side of this, immigration laws are more lenient within the United States, providing U visa and T visa eligibility as well as the opportunity to apply for a green card to become a citizen. Within Oregon, victims of abuse are also eligible for compensation that can include mental health counseling, medical, and hospital expenses. For adult victims, claims expire after three years, and for child victims, until they turn 21 years old or three years after the date their claim was accepted. Now, in terms of going into the third-party dynamic, we're going to talk about third-party and pimping. According to FINA, pimping and third parties criminalized in Denmark even getting a sex worker anything like groceries, housing them in your house, or transporting them to their worksite area can be seen as pimping and therefore be prosecuted as such. However, we want to provide an emphasis that the Red Van has created this program where they provide mobile support and resources to street-based sex workers to provide a safer environment, therefore working around the illegality of third-party and pimping. Another third party dynamic are the conditions that sex workers have in brothels. So there are legal brothels in Denmark. And from what we learned from Amiami are some of the horrid conditions of living in a brothel, especially working and living in the environment that they do their sex work services in. And sometimes they do have their full rights of being able to have their schedules on when they want to work or picking what client they want to work with or what services they want to give but at times there is that power control where they don't have a say in what client they have or what service they want to perform so that is where that third party also plays in as well and lastly I want to talk about the criminalization of money which also tied in with the street lawyers and the inability for sex workers to be able to open a bank account and the criminalization of having cash in the developing cash society in the United States, we have a very big eligibility for folks to open bank accounts. It's fairly easy. However, in Denmark, if you are a sex worker, that is just not the case. Um, all the hurdles and the obstacles that sex workers have to go through because 
having money from services like sex work are not seen as a moral thing so it's not usually eligible to them and therefore it's illegal because they're not paying taxes and then same with that having cash is de is criminalized actually and for example when i went to like other sanchez i had bills over 200 dkk and they would not take them because those were quote-unquote only handled by folks that were dealing drugs trafficking humans or sex workers so that is an issue as well now based on what has been shared already about each country's approaches what do you think could be improved on Vivian. I think that Denmark's immigration policies, making it easier to get work account for sex workers, creating safer environments for sex workers, and creating a way for victims of trafficking to become residents so they're not having to return to the environment they were originally trafficked from could be all things that can be approved, improved upon in Denmark. Whereas in the United States, I think an increase in resources for both sex workers and human trafficking victims focusing on rights versus rescue and to ensure that the power dynamic is eliminated so that the exploitation is not occurring for these workers in the sex industry legally or illeg illegally. In conclusion, Yannette, what do you think a blended approach using the best elements or strengths from each country would produce an ideal system? I think we both lean towards the decriminalization of sex work, but with some differentiations amongst policies from each country. For example, in the U.S., we would love to keep the way that we have our immigration laws, the feasibility of getting a bank account, and the no limitation on exploitation or abuse. And in Denmark, we would like to keep the NGO outreach and healthcare, the Red Van and their work around the laws of pimping while creating a safe environment for sex workers.